Welcome to Sober Solutions. We are a weekly recovery podcast, not affiliated with any particular 12-step or recovery program. However, you may hear us mention them. My name is Jason, and I'm an alcoholic and addict. My name is Chris, and I'm an alcoholic and addict. My name is Ben. I'm an alcoholic and addict. And welcome back to Sober Solutions Podcast. Tonight is episode 35. And tonight we're going to talk about setting healthy boundaries. And for me, I know it's been a process. Um, This is definitely something that I'm still working on personally. And I know that learning to set healthy boundaries is really a process. So Ben, why don't you kick us off tonight and talk to us a little bit about how you've set healthy boundaries or what your learning has been over this last 16 months of your sobriety on how to set healthy boundaries either in recovery or in your daily life. The idea of boundaries was not something that I really contemplated before recovery. And it wasn't really something that I contemplated until, um, you know, deeper into recovery after like you, I came out of that, like not, not so much the fog, but like where I, it was, I think it was the first thing where I began to, as I began to pull away from like the, 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 um, I don't want to I guess, I guess it's a fog, this, this daily, like, where just not drinking is the only thing you're, you're worried about. Um, boundaries was the first thing that kind of was like, that I, that I needed to start to establish. And I had no idea how to do it. And I don't know if I really have a great idea of how to do it now. Um, but I know that they, that they exist for a reason and they need to exist. And I don't, um, yeah, and, and, and I, I, don't, I don't look at it differently between recovery and um, in my personal life. Like it, it's, you know, boundaries are boundaries. And my, one of, one of my biggest uh, faults or flaws or defects is my need to over, like my, my need to over explain, my need for validation, my need to just, talk your ear off until you're telling me that I'm doing the thing that I should be doing. And that's what I did right out of recovery. And I thought that like, if I, if I came out and I just told everybody like, this is what's going on, this is where I'm at, this is how I'm different. Then it would be like, oh, great. Like they'll see that I'm completely changed and different. And they were like, Hey, are you manic? And it's like, oh, wait a second. When you don't set boundaries for yourself, you seem crazy. And so for me, it was kind of, you know, go, you know, really boundaries came in when it, when it, like I did the classic out of thing where I came out, I told everybody and then I immediately reverted. Then, or then I, they were like, okay, like that's a lot. That's too much. Don't know if you need to give us all of that. And then I was like, oh, fine, well, screw you. Then I'm going to give you nothing. And so for me, boundaries like it really was with like my family at first because it was it was this this idea that like if they don't know if I don't tell them then they're not going to know that I'm getting better and then if they don't know that I'm getting better then my ex-wife's never gonna you know she was I was still trying to maintain the marriage at the time and and so it it, it was this it was it was a massive growing process but you know for me boundaries are basically just a good, they're, they're, a, they're a motive checker. They're a, they're a good speed bump to just kind of say, 
are you going down the right road? Are you engaged in something you need to be engaged in? Or is this, is this conversation going to add value to your life? Is it, but, you know, and so, so boundaries is, it's just, it's just a good emotional regulator for me. And again, I wish I had like a really good way to say, this is exactly how I do it. But it's one of those things now where I find myself in situations that maybe I'm not terribly comfortable and it becomes, okay, well, I have to check my motive. What am I doing? Why am I doing it? Why am I engaged in this behavior? Why am I engaged in this conversation? Uh, why am I engaged in this, this back and forth text message? What, what value is it adding? And if I can't answer that, then I set up, then I set that boundary. So do you think that your boundaries change as the person in front of you changes? Uh, so for instance, you know, boundaries with people at work versus your boundaries with your girlfriend or your ex-wife versus boundaries with your family. Does that change based on the person that's in front of you? Yeah, for sure. Like, it, and uh, like, I like the way you, you said that because it, it changes depending on the person and it also changes as the person changes. And so I've noticed that as, um, throughout all of my relationships, my relationships with my girlfriend, with my ex-wife, with, with my family members, like once I did, like putting up boundaries became a thing that I had to do. Um, they were one thing at one point because that other person could either take or give, you know, feedback or information that, you know, or, or, you know, provide for a conversation that, that was helpful to me. And so it allowed me to kind of readjust what my boundaries are. Okay, I'll start to tell this person more because I've reached this level of, you know, with them in this relationship and you know, building that trust that I could, you know, say something to my ex-wife that isn't going to be taken, taken out of context or isn't going to be taken as, um, you know, something negative that I wasn't trying to be sarcastic or anything like that, um, you know, and... And, you know, and, and when, you know, my girlfriend went through her relapse, like the, the boundaries there changed, like, you know, they, they had to change. So yeah, boundaries that, that I don't think that it would work for me if I have like a hard and fast rule, like I don't talk about this with anyone or I don't, you know, because there's just, there's somebody for, for every emotion that I'm experiencing, experiencing, there's a... There's, there's somebody, whether it's in my recovery network or my circle of friends or my family or, you know, my girlfriend, whoever, you know, there's somebody that I can, you know, share that emotion with. And so really boundaries for me is like just directing that emotion to that person and to that outlet. It's instead of telling everybody, hey, listen, this is where I'm at, you know, take me or leave me. It's it forced me to kind of you know, have this more specific focus of like, I'm not going to go into all this detail about this topic with this person because they're just not ready for it, but this person can. And, and so, and, and, but then as you know, the, the, you, you go on in these relationships, people's capacity to change is there. So if they, you know, can be involved in a, in a conversation um, then, you know, then, then it adapts from there, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a moving target, but it, it's as long as I, I think as long as I'm aiming to 
have boundaries. That's, that's the most important thing for me. So Chris, tell me a little bit about how your boundaries with people or with yourself have changed from before you got sober to now. Before I got sober, I didn't even know what boundaries were. Um, I don't think that necessarily, well, for me, you know, like communication, for example, is another topic, but like communication and boundaries are things that are not properly taught at a young age. And I feel like unless, you know, in general, I would say they're not taught at a young age, unless you're going to therapy or have, you know, uh, parents that really set aside time for that. But, you know, I, it's something that I learned through recovery. Um, you know, I think boundaries is, it's, it's almost like having a mutual respect. You know, it's being able to say no. It's being able to communicate your feelings and also being empathetic to, to other people's feelings and what their needs are. Now, your question was, how has it changed uh, recently? So I would say previously to recovery, I was definitely a people pleaser. So if someone in my family uh, needed anything, I would say yes, uh, no matter how draining it was in my life. Um, you know, you guys see how, um, I, I would just say how much I have going on right now. Previously, I would jump if somebody said, hey, can you do this? Now I'm able to just say no, not feel bad. And hopefully they understand that it's not because I don't want to help. Um, it's because I'm doing what's best emotionally for me at that time. And, it, you know, if I can help, I will. And I think that more importantly is the opposite. If somebody says no to me, in general, I'm able to understand that it's not this, you know, it's not them attacking me and them not wanting to do something for me. And previously, I would probably go into this deep dive about why they hate me and this and that and the other. Um, so it's really the understanding that it's okay to communicate whatever feelings you have, say no, and it's okay. Yeah, I think that's a good point. You know, um, no is a full sentence, right? Being able to set that boundary and really stand up for what you are feeling or going through or need to say in that moment. Um, you know, to follow up to what you were just talking about, Chris, do you think that saying yes to something when you just don't want to do it and you know that you should say yes, do you think that takes away from what you're doing for someone? I just think that's an unhealthy boundary. If, if you're saying yes to something and you have this internal resistance, that's a really good sign that that's an unhealthy boundary. Um, you know, sometimes you have to do certain things that, you know, give you that feeling, you know, a good example would be like a job, like, you know, there's sometimes you just can't say no, but outside of required items, you know, I, what I think is that would be a good sign that you have to look inside and say, is this serving me? You know, uh, you know, Ben said, what are my motives? Does this add value? But I really think that what you're saying is a perfect example of a sign that you have unhealthy boundaries. 
So I, I agree with you. And um, it, it took me a long time to be able to say no to someone and really feel okay with it. You know, I, I always had that feeling of guilt or shame that was attached to me saying no to someone for, for help. Um, or if they asked me to do something or go somewhere or help them with something. And I said no, because I needed to prioritize myself in that moment, whether, you know, it was going to challenge my sobriety or I had something else that I could be doing that I needed to get done. Um, today, that is just, like I said before, it's a sentence. I say no, and that's that's where it is. You know, um, when, when I think about setting boundaries, um, I really think about how setting boundaries is really around mutual respect. You know, when I was out drinking and drugging, I didn't have any respect for myself. I didn't have any respect for other people. And so I would cross boundaries all the time. And recently, um, my boyfriend and I have been going really fast in things. And um, we wanted to really kind of take a step back and see where we were at with the relationship. And he went on vacation and he asked for some space, you know, and, and before I either wouldn't have understood that or I wouldn't have respected that. And I would have called him every day, text him every day, you know, got into my head and was like, oh, space is bad. And like, you know, all of this bullshit that would just come up in my head. Instead, I respected his boundaries. I, I respected his request. And um, we're seeing each other on Sunday. And, you know, being able to allow him to not just set the boundary, but respect that boundary is a huge growing part on, on for me. You know, it's it's a huge um, step in my own recovery um, and my own progress as an adult, um, because I really, really wouldn't have been able to do that or respected his request when I was actively using. Yeah, that shows a lot of growth. Um, you were talking about guilt and shame previously when you were in active addiction. Uh, why do you, why do you think that addicts and alcoholics tend to have? unhealthy boundaries? It's a great question. Um, I, I think it has a lot to do with with respect, like I was just talking about. But also the fact that we never knew how to fully develop them, or fully set them ourselves. You know, we were always, for lack of a better phrase, pushing the boundary with our health with the law with you know relationships we were always trying to test to see how far we were we could go at least that was what it was like for me you know i mean i i can think of at least half a dozen times that i ruined a car lost a job cheated on a ex-partner and i came back and said hey i'll never do that again please take me back i'll go into the rooms for a few few days few months whatever it was and just do it again because I didn't know like what respectful, healthy boundaries looked like. 
um, when I would get asked for space in, in previous relationships, I never, never honored that because my mind went to this person is going to leave you. This person is going to cheat on you. This person doesn't really love you. This person doesn't really want you. And so they're asking for this space to eventually get, get away from you. And I hated myself so much that I believed all that shit in my head. And so my automatic response to that was don't let them go. Don't let them have this space because space means separation. And if I hold tighter, if I buy them something, if I take them somewhere, if I call them all the time, if I text them all the time, then that's showing them that I really should be here with them. But that was just my own self-loathing in disguise. And so I never understood that not just setting a healthy boundary, but honoring a healthy boundary is all about respect. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, in addition, there's usually a reason why people become alcoholics or addicts and it's in the internal, right? You know, you mentioned that um, you didn't have respect for yourself. You know, a lot of times it has to do with, you know, not only did your parents not teach it, but a lot of alcoholics and addicts have parent issues. They have trauma, they have this, they have that. And with all of that, whether it's trauma or parenting things, you know, what I've seen is most times people have something and it's not, hey, I liked drinking or drugging, it's the internal that really caused them to continue. And I think that has a really big uh, impact into why a lot of times alcoholics and addicts don't know how to set healthy boundaries. Um, On the contrary, what I find amazing is once we're taught how to do it, I think that, you know, when you're working, like we are all working the steps on this podcast, but whatever program you're doing, mostly all of them teach boundaries and we go from being the worst at it to almost being the best at it. And that's something that I love about recovery is that we're able to communicate boundaries properly. You know, um, previously, I think I would always shy away from being honest with like my parents, you know, cause I'd be afraid to hurt their feelings. But what that would just do is make me feel worse and not communicate, not actually solve anything. And so what I've found over the last year is that, you know, it might be uncomfortable for a minute or two, but in the long run, it is a, it's a really big positive and it gets to the root of whatever issue is at hand. So one of my, one of my questions that I have, and, and as I was getting ready for this episode, I was, I was really wondering about this um, because I have an example for myself, but I'm interested to hear what your hardest boundary has been to set since you got sober the hardest boundary to set you know it would have been really nice in your preparation for this episode if you had shared that with us so that we could have you know had a moment because 
there's a there there are a number um but i kind of go back to what i said at the beginning where i didn't i i don't know if i started out intentionally setting boundaries so um so they've just kind of come as like a way of doing business um you know i think the hardest boundary would be probably with my family overall um because you know there's it's not just my three siblings and my parents but um my brother-in-law my sister-in-law um you know there are like seven different relationships there and you know it, it's so i think the hardest one has been like navigating all of those like you know and re and realizing that like you know because before like it was just like you just go and you tell the tribe and the tribe does what they do with whatever you had to say and that's the way it's always been um forever for everything in my family um but so like figuring out that like sharing this bit of information with one sister will get this reaction while sharing the same bit of information with another sister will get this bit of reaction while sharing or even like sharing like parts of the same story but only sharing certain parts of it with certain people so that you can feel like you're still communicating with them but you're also just it seems as though you're trying to manipulate which i mean essentially that's what it is so like like having the, you know, it's, it, so it's been, it's been easy to like, for like somebody with my mom who like, I could just, you know, say, tell, tell her whatever and she'll get it and process it. Like my dad's completely different. In fact, tonight, tonight I was there for dinner and he had this little look on his face and right. I, I can tell you right now, as my, as my mother's listening to this, she's going to be laughing. The, he had this look on his face. Like he just had to say something. And they were getting ready to walk out the door to go to their Al-Anon meeting. And, you know, the, the you know, it, it, the, spe the specifics with, with my, my dad, there's not really a ton of specifics. He just wants his children to live their lives the way that he thinks would be the easiest for them. Not what they think is the easiest, but, or the best, but like, if you did this, 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 or this, your life would be so much easier. Um, and so you know, he's like, he's just got all these questions about, you know, am I in this relationship for the long haul? And, and, you know, is, is, am I, what am I going to do if my lease, you know, if they jack my rent up a couple hundred dollars or, you know, like all these questions that like, yeah, I've thought about all these things, but like, they don't consume me. So, but we were, he, he was able to say his piece and, you know, me and my father never used to communicate and, and so you know, he, he said his piece and my mom's just kind of sitting there laughing, like, and he, he literally goes at one point, he's like, I'm breaking every Al-Anon rule right now. I know. Um, but that's where he was. That's, that's where he is right now. I mean, that's how he's always been. But so like, to go back to what some, something you said before, Jason, about how like, uh, you know, you would have taken it personally and you would have gotten in your feels and it would have been an issue and you would have been like, what, why are they doing this? What, like, what is this about? Like, because I have that boundary that, you know, I don't, I don't need to like 
have, you know, get that validation. You know, I don't need for him to understand every action or thought that I have. I can just take, take the, take it and say, I hear you. I get you. I totally understand. Um, but you know, this is just where I'm at and this is what, how I'm dealing with it. And you know, that's never a satisfying answer for a guy who just wants to be listened to. And, and so on the, I, I was driving home, I dropped my daughter's office, driving home and, and he called me and he was like, you know, you know, I, I appreciate you hearing me out. And, and he goes, you know, and then same saying my piece and you know that only happens because you know there's that boundary there that exists and i don't have to you know i don't have to turn it into this big fight we, like it's something that we're just not going to agree on and this just goes for everything like this like if if i come across something that is going to be um you know contentious or you're going to disagree i just we don't we don't have to get there anymore we don't we don't we don't have to it doesn't have to you know devolve into this big huge thing so to, to answer your original question the, the i think the the hardest one has not been setting one it's been setting boundaries amongst a group where just you know th those boundaries might not have existed before i think my you know <laughs> no one asked but i'll jump in <laughs> My, my hardest one is kind of on the opposite. It's allowing my wife to have her own boundaries and specifically around letting her feel her feelings. And it's really hard for me. It still is hard for me, but over the last year I've gotten better at it, but I'm still not there a hundred percent around her triggers. And there are certain times that specifically like if i get really tired and lately i've been waking up at 3 34 in the morning to get to the city by 6 a.m and you know i'm exhausted when i come home because we're working just tons of hours right now and so she gets these uh you know she'll get upset because sometimes i'll look feel act tired and that brings back a lot of emotions for her and I get immediately defensive. And, you know, a boundary that I'm working on is allowing her to feel that without judgment, without defending myself, without, you know, stepping in and having to explain. And, you know, what I find is when I don't do all those things, when I don't sit there, defend myself, jump in, argue, it goes away really fast. And she's appreciative. However, the contrary is when I do do all those things, you know, it turns into a big argument when it could, when she could just work through it internally if I just didn't say anything. So I think that's my hardest boundary that I'm trying to still work. Yeah, and, and that's a hard one. I, I totally agree with you that allowing other people the space, especially people who aren't sober, right? Because they don't have a program like we do, and they're just trying to figure out their life the best way that they can. At the end of the day, we get a chance to fall back on the steps. You know, we get a chance to say, how the fuck am I going to figure this out? And, oh, the answer is right here in step three or step seven or step 12 or whatever it is. Um, or we have each other to fall back on. 
we have our meetings to fall back on, we have our sponsors to fall back on. And, you know, it's it's just another example that for those people in our lives who don't have that and don't have the support and the resources and the ability to fall back on something, how hard it is for them. You know, um, Ben, when, when you were talking about the setting boundaries with your dad, um, it, it took me back to when I, I think I was still actively using then. Um, but my father and I would get into some stupid arguments, stupid, stupid arguments. Um, and he's, he's very opinionated as am I. Um, but he would, he started to use this phrase of like, this is just my thought. This is just my opinion. I'm allowed to have my opinions. And I never respected that boundary of him being able to voice what he wanted to. You know, I was always combative. I never took a step back to understand his side of things. And now, I mean, I think I mentioned this uh, a couple weeks ago that we were getting into an argument and it was a it was a political debate. And at one point I was just like, Dad, I can't have this conversation anymore. And he tried to keep it going for a little bit. And I said, Dad, I can't have this conversation anymore because I felt myself getting angry and upset about what he was saying. And I just didn't have the facts and figures to back it up of what I was saying. And so I said, you know what? I just, I can't have this conversation right now. And it ended um, because I set a boundary and we came back maybe 10 minutes later and everything was fine. Where before it would have been this really long argument. I would have said something that I didn't mean because I'm, I'm very visceral with my, with my, um, ability to cut people down, um, you know, and, and I would have felt bad. Um, I probably would have had like a, a bottle or a bag hidden in my room that I would have went and hit and that would have calmed me down for a second or made me more agitated. Um, but I didn't, I, I set this healthy boundary um, and it was honored by him and everything was great after that. So we were able to continue and preserve the relationship that we've been able to build over the last 16 months because I set that boundary. Yeah, going back to uh, what you were saying about, you know, people who are not in recovery, you know, I think that's what makes the relationship with my mom so much different than with anybody else because she has a a program, um, you know, in Al-Anon that she works really hard and is really involved in. And, and so she has those tools where she can also set the boundaries and she, there, she has this level of acceptance that even though she still worries about me as, as a parent worried, as any parent worries about their child, you know, she's able to, you know, take a step back. And like I said, she has her own boundaries that, that, that I, I get, I get to respect. Like it's, it's, I don't feel this need to like, just jump in and be like, Oh, you're on my side. You have to be on my side about all of these things. Like, no, it's just this open conversation that can really happen. And when you juxtapose that to, you know, my dad, who's also goes, to, he goes to the Al-Anon meetings, so, but it's like, it's also, it's, it's the same way he, you know, he, he's, he's gone to church with my mother for 
30 some odd years. You know, he's, he's not a Catholic. He goes because my mother goes. But, you know, he, it, it's, you know, not having that program of recovery is preventing him to get to that place where he can set boundaries and uh, respect boundaries and, and have acceptance. And so it's, you know, people in recovery, people that are not in recovery, you know, they, they can have that. You know, it, it, there are programs out there, um, but, but yeah, it, it's, yeah, it, 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 I think, I think the more, the more we talk about it, I think definitely the, um, the, the boundaries that are the most, um, difficult are the people are the ones with the people that were around the most. So what's it like when you know that you're setting a healthy boundary, or I guess I'll step back and say. Now that we all have over a year, do you know when you're setting an unhealthy boundary or do you know when you're crossing someone's boundary or your own? And then the second part of that question is what does that feel like for you now as someone in recovery to know that you have crossed a boundary and what do you do about it, Ben? Yeah, I, I, can, I can answer both of those in one question because I, being in recovery now, I know when I'm crossing a boundary because it feels dirty. It feels old. It feels like what I used to do. Like, you, you know that you're doing something to elicit a, cer- a certain reaction or you, you're saying something because you know you're trying to get what you want and it just feels different. It feels manipulative and it feels... It's, it, and it's the subtle stuff that, that I didn't realize in early on in recovery when people were like, you're still manip- manipulating, you're still manipulating. I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not drinking, I'm not hiding, I'm not doing anything. And it's like, no, you're crossing these boundaries that you really don't have any business crossing them because you're still trying to look out for number one. And and so, yeah, so so for me, it, you know, being in recovery is how I know that that I'm doing it. And so, and I, and I guess the, the second, um, you know, the, the, my, um, not rebuttal, but my follow-up to that would be that the way I stop that is to just literally stop, to just stop, to not try to like, you know, dig my way out of it or try to save face or just, just, just stop, take that pause and just step back and, and realize like, okay, listen, if you were going into this for the wrong reasons, then you, there's really no, nothing to salvage here. It's just, you know what, just scrap that whole thing and, and start over. Yeah, I I would agree. I mean, it's, it's all about how it makes you and others feel. And Jason, you said it in the beginning, it's about mutual respect. So when you have a healthy boundary and there's mutual respect around that boundary, uh, you know, it only positive comes out of it. And when like Ben says, your intentions are looking out for number one, you feel it and you know it's there. And usually it becomes uh, contentious and doesn't have a positive result. So, you know, I, I think we would all agree, although we have a year, we still have a lifetime of recovery and growing to do. Like, you know, I, I'm a hundred, I'm a hundred times better than I was last year, but I still have 
tons more to grow. And I, I love that, that there's always more to um, learn and accept. And, you know, I, that's one thing I love about recovery is that I'm never there. Right. But additionally with um, how you, it's, it's not just about a feeling. I think it's about the result, right? When you have healthy boundaries, I think that you grow with the people around you. Um, you know, you, you probably have different boundaries with your friends, with your family, with coworkers, with social circles. Uh, they all might vary, but I think that the result would all be the same. And is and you could feel that, like if you have a healthy boundary, although they differ with within the different, um, you know, settings, the result will be the same. Yeah, and just to piggyback off of what you said around uh, it's a learning process. I mean, you said it earlier too, Chris. I was never taught how to set boundaries. You know, I it, it's something that I have really learned by trial and error, I think. Um, but also with defining what my core beliefs are, what my core values are, and not straying from that. And, you know, if, if I'm a hard ass with not, um, not really being able to compromise or accommodate at times based on the fact that I need to be X, Y, and Z, because those are my beliefs and values, I'm not really building those relationships and, you know, setting boundaries and relationships like we've been talking about all night, really go hand in hand. Um, something I'm interested in hearing from both of you is, uh, around something that you said, Ben, around, uh, this, this concept of manipulation. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, me calling someone when they say they need space is complete manipulation. Um, but do you find that there are some people in your life still who, say that it's manipulative or define it as manipulation when you're trying to set boundaries. Um, this, this happened to me recently and, uh, it, it took me right back to how I really was being manipulative in my addiction, but I wasn't being manipulative in this situation. I was just setting a boundary with this person. Yeah. I think that goes back to what Chris was saying about, um, you know, when, his wife experiences something now she's taken back to a time that elicits a certain memory or feeling. And I imagine that to be a similar situation. And again, that's something that, that I experienced too in the, in the aftermath of, of that whole like discovery process of being, of people being like, you're, Oh, you're, why, why are you saying this? What, what's your motive behind saying that? Like, what do you, you know? And it, it wasn't that I was, you know, trying to, you know, manipulate anything. I was just trying to protect myself. Um, and, and it, and it wasn't, you know, I didn't need to explain it any further than that. And, and so, yeah, I think that, that it's, it, people can perceive it as manipulation. Um, which I mean, I, I guess if you, we want to mince words that maybe, it, maybe you are manipulating for yourself, but you're manipulating for yourself in a healthy way to say, 
this is where I can't go. I can't. I think do it, it's this. more advocating for yourself, right? Right. Yeah. It's yeah. It's ad, you're right. You're advocating for yourself. But again, but people might feel like, oh, here's Jason looking. You know, he, this is just what he wants. So this. So he did this to get this, and 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 maybe and maybe that's you know, may, maybe that's the case. But you know, I think the reality is is that that we you know. Again, if you go back to check your motive and figure out, okay, what are you, uh, you know, why are you setting this boundary? You know, am I being manipulative? And if you can be honest with yourself and say, no, um, I'm, I'm not trying to manipulate anything. I just want to set this boundary. Then, then, then you, it, that goes back to acceptance that, listen, you have to accept that that's where that person is. That's how that, you know, Jason, just like your dad said, like this was my thought. This this is my feeling. Okay, well that's their thought or that's their feeling. Like you can't control that. So, you know, it, it's um, you know just just keeping your side of the street clean is is all you can do at, at that point. And you know we let, you know we've said it a billion times on this podcast. You know we we took you know we we, we walked ten miles into this this son of a bitch and, and it's going to take a long, it's going to take every bit of 10 miles to get out. And, and we're, we're going to have to heal every step of the way. Yeah. I don't have too much more to add as far as I, I think the people around me, when I said healthy boundaries, respect it. Um, what I would say is there are certain times that I do find myself being manipulative. Um, and that's when I get that gut feeling. Um, there's there's very rare, t- rarely times where I've actually encountered the situation that you have, Jason. And I think that's because my my circle is growing with me. And you know, I probably have a smaller circle now with just you know with the with the boundaries that I set. But there are certain times that I do actually get called out for being manipulative. And when I do a deep dive into myself, I do find that sometimes, Hey, maybe my motives weren't great. And I think the growth lies in, I can admit to that and um, either apologize or not and, or, and just change. Yeah. I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier motives Um, you know, something that I was talking about with a friend yesterday was how some people in recovery fall back on, I'm in recovery. And so I acted like this, oh, because I'm in recovery. And I just throw my hands up and say, I'm not responsible. It's my disease. Um, but as long as we're taking that responsibility, we're being accountable. And like you said, Chris, if we do that reflection, on what we've done and if we can come out and say listen no i was setting a boundary that wasn't manipulation then that's what it is you know i think a a big part of setting boundaries is also being able to stand up for oneself i know for me when i was in my active addiction i was a doormat and i let everybody walk all over me and now when i do stand up for myself now when i do set that boundary I have to reaffirm that with myself, that I deserve this too. And it's not just the other person's needs that I need to meet, but I need to meet my own first. So I absolutely think um, I, I think that is a, a big part of, of setting healthy boundaries. 
Well, boys, uh, thank you so much for your time on this topic tonight. Um, I think we'll stop there. And as always, each and every single one of our episodes is dedicated to the still sick and suffering alcoholic and addict, especially the individual who's going to pick up for the first time tonight. Have a good night, guys. Have a good night. Have a good night. We appreciate your liking and subscribing to our podcast. If you liked what you heard today and would like to support our podcast, feel free to Venmo a dollar to our virtual basket at Sober Solutions Podcast. We want to hear from you too. If you have a comment, question, topic, or would like to come on the show, find us on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube at Sober Solutions Podcast. Or you can shoot us an email to SoberSolutionsPodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show.